Well, it's, a, it's really an honor to uh, always come back to my, um, my very first church. You know, it's like your first child, you know, and um, just love, um, I love this church so much, and it's a joy to always come back, in a sense, home. You know, New England is my, is where I was born and raised and where I found the Lord and called the ministry, was trained, where I pastored. I mean, this is, um, this is where it all happened, and um, Started in Burlington, Vermont with my father-in-law as a youth pastor. Then I pastored a youth pastor in Nashville, New Hampshire, just down the road. And uh, took a little trip to Roanoke, Virginia for about a year and a half. And then the Lord called Jane and I here in 1993. That's 30 years ago. Think about that. 30 years ago this year, um, you know, Jane and I loaded up. We were just the two of us. And we loaded up our U-Haul, and we drove from the parsonage in Roanoke, Virginia, at the Eastgate Church of the Nazarene, to come and pastor here at the Concord First Church of the Nazarene. That was the name before you moved here to Loudoun. And, um, you know, as I drive by that little church on Rockingham and Donovan, Donovan Street, which um, just down the street, your parents lived, uh, Bob, and, um, you know, it was just... Uh, you know, I go by there today, you know, just, just this week, I went drove by there a couple of times, and I was like, that's a miracle what happened there. It really is. It's beyond anything that I could ever imagine or dream of. It was beyond anything that I could think. You know, we, we, we had like 18 parking spaces, and, um, and in the wintertime with the snow piles, they would, just, they would just literally park up and down both sides of the streets. And we would just invade that little community in, a, in, in, in such a wonderful way. So those were just exciting years. I, you know, one of the last things I did as your pastor was uh, with uh, the leadership of the church board and, and um, Brian, your dad, to buy this property that was eventually going to relocate the church here to, we originally, by the way, were going to buy a piece of property on Josiah Bartlett, which is just on the other side of the Count Concord Loudon line, but Concord wouldn't approve of us to buy that piece of property, so we ended up moving to the Loudon side, and it was a little easier to get uh, the ability to, to build a building here. So um, I wasn't part of that building process, but uh, you were in capable hands during those days. Um, I was thinking about, and Pastor Eddie, I just want to tell you, I'm just so glad you and your wife and your family are here. And just been so impressed by you and your, I think you've married way up, man. I mean, you're like me. I mean, you know, just like, whew, you know, so whatever you can do to let her lead, you are doing a good job um, because she is, a, and your girls are amazing and your little guy full of energy is an amazing as well. So, hey, one, one scripture this morning, go to Matthew chapter 16 today. Um, a very familiar passage of scripture, but um, you know we can sit here and we can reminisce about yesterday, but I also want to talk to you about today, okay? So yesterday is great. Uh, we can all say kumbaya. We could, you know, we could roast some marshmallows and sing some songs and say, oh, how wonderful it was, you know? But ultimately, here we are in 2023, 
And um, God, I think, has some things for us to, to say to us today that I think are rooted in the past and I think would help us to remind us. So Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse number 13, familiar passage of Scripture out of respect to God's Word. Stand up one more time as we read God's Word together. Matthew 16, starting at verse 13. Scripture says this, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Father, thank you for your word and a reminder of, uh, of the foundation of every church, but the foundation of this church built on the foundation of those who have proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, your, for this time together with this wonderful congregation, for this wonderful pastor and wife, and for family and friends. Lord, we just praise you today. We love you with all of our heart, and we want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I read that scripture to you because I, I, I just, I was just, imp you know, as pastor asked me to share this morning, I didn't really come prepared to do that, but I, but as I prayed and I was, I was thinking last night, I thought to myself, I, I just want to remind you that this is his church. It was never my church and it's not never going to be his church. We are just stewards, pastors for shorts amount of time. The church was here before I got here, and the church has been here after I left, and the church was here before Eddie got here, and the church will be here after Eddie leaves. Amen? God has been faithful. This is Jesus' church. Amen? He is the Lord. He sits on the throne. He is the one who is, to, deserves all praise and honor and gets all the glory. We do not worship pastors. Amen? And um, I'm just a mortal human, just like anybody else, and just like Pastor Eddie, we just serve our Lord Jesus Christ the best way we can. And, um, and Peter, on his testimony, he said, who do you say that I am? And I want to tell you, I say that Jesus Christ is the King, the Lord, the Savior of the world. And without him, we're lost. And, and in 30 years, when you think about it, in 30 years' time, in 1993, we were using an overhead projector, okay? 
It was on the front, it was in the, in the platform, and somebody would go up there and flip the, 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 the little, you know, the, what were those things called? Those laminate sheets. And we'd flip them over, you know? And we had, uh, for those of you in the old days, it was Doris Kelly on the organ, and it was Ruth Bartlett on the piano, okay? They were on both sides, and it was your pastor who could not sing like Fred Klittick leading the singing, okay? Couldn't get Jane to do it because she was in the back with the kids at the time, but uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty bad. It really was. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad, and I thought to myself, you know, when, when Ken Mills, our district superintendent, called me and asked me to come pa- pastor this church, and um, I was like, uh, you know, I came and I met with the board on Mother's Day, 1993. Sat around with seven, seven board members. There was um, Ruth and Ralph Parsons. There was, there was the Lapes. Bob. There was Harry. Uh, our treasurer. I mean, there was just, just, and there was seven of them. And I remember them sitting there. I was 27 years old and they said, well, how in the world are you going to, the church was down to like 18 people. It was really small. How are we going to ever turn the church around? That was the question they asked me in the interview. And I looked at them and I said, well, we're going to go reach kids for Jesus Christ. We're going to try to find as many kids as we can possibly find, and we're going to build the church on children. That's what I said to them. And they said, well, how are we going to do that? I said, well, how about in the, right after I come, we do a vacation Bible school? Because they said, we have no kids now. We had zero. I was like, well, okay. Well, how are we, so they said, how are we going to have a vacation Bible school? And I said, well, there's one Two, three, four, five, six, seven. All of you are going to go to work. And we're going to launch a vacation Bible school. And we showed up on July 3rd, 1993. It was hot that day. It was, it was we pulled in with our U-Haul. And uh, Bob was there to help us unload. And Ralph Parsons was there to help us unload. And I think Ruth was there. And I thought they were going to have a heart attack unloading this stuff. I was like, slow down. I don't want to do a funeral in my first service. You know, it was really tough. And we moved into East Side Drive, the Parsonage over here on East Side Drive. And, um, and we moved in. And one month later, we launched a vacation Bible school. We did it on Sunday, on on. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights. And we recruited everybody. I was a youth pastor in Nashville, so I knew some people. So I called up everybody I knew from within a 50-mile radius to come help us put this VBS on. And that year, we averaged 40 kids that night. Now, we had zero. So we went from zero to 40 kids, and then we had... Doug Boquist was in town. He was, at the, he was at, the, uh, at the campground, and he came over on Sunday, and we had a huge rally. It was like 120 people with all the kids. Now, remember, we're running less than 20. So in one boom, we went to 120, and we had this, like, fun, VBS, exciting, just, you know, they threw pies in my face, and we, and we threw water balloons at each other, and we just had lots of fun. We sang songs. We taught the word of Jesus, and families got reached. 
And then by September, this is July now, August we had the VBS, by September, we launched Sunday school again. Good old Doris Kelly, I got to tell you about Doris. For those of you who don't know Doris, Doris was a woman who had never been married. She was a sergeant major in the army. And before I got here, good old Jack, who was the pastor before me, took me out to lunch and he said, I just want to warn you, watch out for Doris. She's a pastor killer. <laughs> and so I went up, I met Doris, and I, every time I saw Doris, I just gave her a big hug. I was like, Doris, I love you, I love you, I love you. I just hugged her and hugged her. Now, she was, a, she was, a, she was never married, and she was just tough, and she was just standing there like this. God moved on her heart, and she became the third and fourth, fourth and fifth grade Sunday school teacher. She had never had any children in her life, and she never worked with kids ever. And she stepped up because we had reached all these kids for VBS, and we needed to disciple them, teach them. And out of that experience, the church was in many ways, relaunched. I'll tell you another miracle. One day I was sitting in my office, and I'll never forget this. Bob Bond and his dad walked into my office, sat down, and the office was like a closet, by the way. It was really small. It was just big for a desk and one chair, and he sits down at the desk, and he takes keys, and he lays them on the desk, he says, I think the church needs my van more than I need my van. I'm giving my van to the church so that we can go pick up kids to go to Sunday school who don't have a ride. Remember that, Bob? It was the sacrifice of your mom and dad and the love that they poured out that just infused. And then God began to do some amazing things all along the way. We, let me tell you something. We were not a mega church with the most exciting things going. We didn't have like great technology. We had terrible worship. But you know what we did have? We had the love of God's people who loved him and loved one another and was willing to give of themselves to serve. To go to the nursery. And it was people like Ruth Parsons and Norma Nelson. Norma, who was, I don't know, she had to be in her 70s. Well, you know what her ministry was? For every young mother that came into our church, she would go and she would spend the day at, her, at, at, at the mother's house taking care of her kids so the mother could go out and do anything she wanted to do. She just, she, just, she just ministered to young moms, young moms, young moms. She loved our kids and loved so many others. Back in those days, we had Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Remember those days? It was just after I left here that we stopped Sunday nights. I did too when I went to Ellicott City. We didn't have Sunday night church anymore. We missed a lot in those days. Society has changed. 
Now, methods change, okay? The gospel does not change. I will build my church in 2023. He will build his church just as much as he did in 1993, in 1923, in 1823, in 1723. The gospel still goes forward. It's the word of God. It is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. But we do live in a different culture today than we did 30 years ago. I mean, I've experienced it even today. And we just came through COVID. Now we got this old online thing going on. I got more people watching online than to show up on Sundays. It's much easier. But it's not the way of the Lord. Online should be only there for those who can't come or who travel or an occasionally not well. Because the church needs to come together. Amen. So I tell you all that because I just, uh, I just, I just really believe. Now, now I don't say about children's ministry just because of what happened here. I believe everywhere I've been, I've been in three churches. I've been here. I was in Ellicott City for 17 years. Then I had a wild hair day one day, and the Lord sent me to Michigan as a district superintendent for three years. And then I'm, I'm, the Lord led me back to pastoral ministry. I'm now in Bakersfield, California. In all three churches, children's ministry has been the foundation of every single one of those churches. When we went to Ellicott City after the Lord led us to leave here, and you know, I look back in those times, I, it was about a year before I left here that the Lord told me to leave here. I didn't tell you guys that, but I was driving home one day and the Lord said, you're done. And I was like, I am? He's like, yeah, you're done. You've done what you're supposed to do. You're going to move on. And I was like, really, Lord? And it was a year later that the Lord led me to Baltimore, Maryland. And little did I know I'd be there for 17 years. But when we got there, the children's ministry wasn't really healthy. And so what did we do? We reinvested back into the youngest generation, back into the youngest generation, back into the youngest generation. And what did God do? He took that church and, and did amazing things through it. Grew it, planted other congregations out of it, and we just continue to always reach the youngest generation, youngest generation. VBS was always a foundational summer event for us. In every church we have ever pastored. Some people say, well, that's old. It doesn't work anymore. Yes, it does. All hands on deck. Everybody, young, old, if you are breathing and living and you don't hate kids, you work in kids' ministry. If you'll make that the foundation, God will renew everything you're doing all over again. Why? Kids bring young parents. Kids reach kids. Kids are in the school systems. They're in the, they're in the public school systems. They're, they're all around you. There are women who are walking around loud and conquered right now with babies in their wombs who are going to be born at Concord Hospital who do not know Jesus. Your mission is to reach them. 
I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I still believe with all my heart the greatest method of evangelism is children's ministry. And so roll up your sleeves, get off your rear end, and go to work. Amen? And if you'll do that, I really believe with all my heart, you'll get back to the place where you're having double services again. You'll get back. You got a great leadership. Look at this front row, folks, guys. You got families. I mean, when you get older, you know, you, they always say that our greatest influence is connected to within 10 years of your age. So when Jane and I got here, we were 27 and 28. So that meant we could, we could go down to like 17 and 18-year-olds, and we could go up to 37 and 38-year-olds. Now I'm 57, okay? 57 years old I am. And then sometimes I feel like the younger generation is so far removed from me that I have to be even more intentional about it than ever. It was natural then. When we had little kids like this, we had all three of our kids here. We're connected to young kids easy because we, were, we had things in common. So... You've got a young pastor. You've got a young pastor's wife. They've got young children. Come alongside them, serving kids' ministry. Make it the best of the best that you can do. doesn't have to be Disney World. You know what it has to be? It has to be people who love them, who are prepared, who are willing to laugh, to cry, have fun, and share the love of Jesus. If you'll do that, God will do a miracle again in your place. Amen? With a, believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it. So, good to have our general superintendent here. God bless you, my friend. Do you guys know who this is? God bless you. I, I just looked out. He was, he was my mentor when I became a DS in Michigan. He was my first GS came alongside. We watched a soccer game together. <laughs> Wasn't that great? And um, Dr. Dwart, great to have you here. And um, are you living in the area? You are? Well, welcome to the best church in New England. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did you know Dr. Dwart was, uh, you've been attending here how long, Dr. Dwart? Not too long since, since you just retired, just what, a month ago or six weeks ago, two months ago? Yeah. You're not flying anymore. It's kind of slowing down for you. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Well, you would concur that children are a priority in the church of a Nazarene across the world, wouldn't you? Amen? You reach kids, and it really does make a difference. So that's my encouragement to you. That's where it all started. That was the foundation. And, um, and, then, and then the Lord brought people like Beth Webb and John to, to, to Concord. And we, our music got a little bit better. And, you know, Mark Warren, who is the pastor over here at Pem Grace, Grace Church, was on staff and did youth and, and worship with us. And, um, um, I mean, we just, we just, as we reached the younger generation, then we reached the teenagers, you know, and we, we continue to build into the next generation, next generation. 
And what happened was it, it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And, um, you know, that little church down there, when we left, it was on, we were on like 250 people. I mean, in a building that could only seat 100. In a parking lot that only could have, like I say, there was no more than 18 cars that could get into it. But it was, it, was, it was just contagious. It wasn't about the building. It wasn't about the bells and whistles. It was about the gospel and about the love of God's people who are serving one another. Amen? And if I'm not, I think there's lost people in Concord, is there? Anybody need Jesus around here? Just a few, right? Let's go reach him. Amen? Amen. Any, any, I, I'm done. I don't know what else to say. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I want to ask him if he trusts me. I want to bring Kevin's story up to date for all of you. 30 years ago, you said, seven people, two of them Ralph and Ruth, a vacation Bible school, they were told to invite and bring kids. One of those little boys who came to that first VBS is being installed as a Nazarene pastor right now. Brian Case. He is being installed in the Haverhill, Massachusetts Church of the Nazarene this morning. A church that has zero children in it other than Brian's two little twin boys. And last night, Brian started something for kids. They did a trunk or treat to invite children from the neighborhood to come. I'm looking forward to hearing how successful the Lord made it, aren't you?